Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chasing Boyfriends. Having a little brother was supposed to bring diversity into her life. But unfortunately, a newborn baby in the house brought Tracy nothing but agony. Jason cried all night during his first year with them, and Tracy was forced to assist her mother in changing him, feeding him, watching him, and keeping him busy, which has severely reduced her free time. Twelve and going on thirteen, Tracy was about to enter her last year of junior high school. She had been watching Jason on weekends during the school year because her father's work shift had changed. He had been working nights and on weekends with plenty of overtime. Hmm. So, y'all had a baby... And he still ain't coming home. He just found another reason to not be there. I'll raise all the children while you go have a beer. Patty pissed a bitch about her husband's new work schedule, but Dave still had to pay the bills. If his ass would move back in, he could save four hundred dollars from that damn apartment of his. <laughs> $400. That's how much apartments cost back then, y'all. Like, seriously. Y'all are fucked. $400. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> she hits to her daughter. Dave seemed to love working, but Patty thought of it as another convenient excuse for him to remain absent from the family. Well, I mean, and I'm not trying to defend Dave because Dave's a piece of shit and her mom's a piece of shit. And I mean, it's just a shitty situation. But when the dude was in college, he probably majored in whatever he's working at right now, which means he was literally majoring in his love and his pursuit. And he got a job in his love, which means he would love his job. You were a trap queen. You literally did things that nobody else would do so then you could pull him in. And then it sounds like you faked a pregnancy according to your older sister. And then you trapped him. We don't know if you trapped him or not with Tracy. We don't. We just gonna wink a lot. By the way, did y'all hear the wink? I have really long eyelashes. It was aggravating for Tracy to have to keep an eye on Jason while her friends went out to the mall or to the movies. She started to argue with her mother as if they were married. And once summertime rolled around, Tracy was sick of watching Jason. He shouldn't be my responsibility anyway. I'm not his mother, she snapped to herself. Mom, he can just sit here and watch TV by himself. I told you to watch him while I clean up this house. But I gotta get ready to go with my girlfriends. I don't care, girl. God, I'm tired of this, Tracy huffed as she sat and watched Saturday morning cartoons with her brother. 
Patty had gotten Dave to lug the television set from the basement into the living room so she could have something to keep Jason busy. She was not in the basement much and neither was Tracy, so there was no sense in leaving the television set there. Jason, named after Patty's late father, was two and a half years old and talking. He had Dave's dark brown skin and his mother's dark almond-shaped eyes, a precious sight to see. But once he had gotten restless from watching cartoons, he jumped off the living room couch and ran back into the kitchen. Tracy, get in here and get him. I feel bad for elder siblings and I realize why elder siblings usually are the ones least likely to want to have kids. Y'all get fucked over repeatedly, especially if you're a girl. I don't know about guys. I'll be real with you. I don't know too many guys who got lumped up watching their younger siblings. Do you? I'm just being honest. Tracy, Rahima, and three other friends caught the H-bus on Green Street and went to the Cheltenham Mall. They were all anticipating going to high school in a year, and most of them were interested in boys. Rahima, the only Catholic school student, didn't know as many people as Tracy and the other girls. Catholic schools were smaller than most public schools. Once they had arrived at the mall, the five girls ran in and out of the arcade looking for cute boys to talk to them. Many of the boys knew Tracy from school, so she was no big deal to them, but Rahima was a new pretty face. She got more attention than the other girls. All the boys wanted to talk to her. After a while, Tracy started to intervene, filled with jealousy. Yet she grew rather tired of getting in Rahima's way. Dag, Rahima's lucky, she thought to herself as she began to watch, spiteful of all the attention her next-door neighbor was receiving. Never trust a player hater. Hey, what's your name? A dimple-faced boy asked Rahima. He was standing next to a pinball machine inside the arcade. Ra-ra, she said, smiling and backing away. The dimple-faced boy seized her hand to keep her near. Where you live at? Rahima yanked her hand away. Diamond Lane? Do you have a boyfriend? No, I don't want a boyfriend, she told him. Why not? Because I don't. Well, can I talk to you as a friend? He asked her nicely. The other girls watched enviously. Rahima then turned to them to rescue her from the jam she felt she was in. She asked no one in particular, Aren't we ready to go? Answer his question, Tracy said. She was purposefully trying to keep Rahima crammed. Never trust a player hater. Coming with a 20 Sacramento. Puffing on a 20 Sacramento. That's from like 1994 out here and where I live. But... Tracy's literally hating. Like, that's messed up. And your friend is being grabbed on by this guy, and you're just sitting there. And, ladies, because I don't know, let me know. At what age did y'all start actively protecting your friends from insidious guys and or people who would grab on them and wouldn't give them a way out and tried to force them into conversation and stuff like that? At what age did you start combating against that? I figured it's younger than I expect, and that's sad. But because a guy is writing this book, it probably was as young as they are, but I don't know. So let me know. Well, if she won't talk to you, I will. Tracy's girlfriend, Jantel, interjected while walking towards him. Jantel was a deep brown and skinny. She was very forward and athletic. She was one of the fastest girls on the track team at school. In fact, Jantel was faster than many boys her age. The dimple-faced boy stood there in a daze, waiting for Rahima to respond to him. Rahima shied away from him and slid behind the rest of the girls. 
Tracy whispered, he's cute, Ra-Ra. Why don't you want to talk to him? Raima said aloud, because I don't want to. Dad, you stupid, Tracy told her. Rahima did the same to every boy who approached her at the mall that day. The other girls had no idea why Ra-Ra acted like she did. They all wished they could take her place somehow. Ooh, look, y'all, it's trials for cheerleading, Jantel said, noticing several flyers stapled to the telephone poles. As usual, Jantel led the pack on their way home. The other girls ran over to join her as she read it aloud. Cheerleading was a sure method of meeting some top-quality boys, and football clubs in the Police Athletic League traveled around the city to play other teams. It was a great idea. They'll become an important part of a new social organization. Tracy hurried home to tell her mother about the cheerleading. Patty told her that she could join. She had not seen her daughter that excited in a while. The first day for tryouts was coming up in a week. It was the beginning of August. Tracy turned 13 in September. Rahima was a teen already, but she didn't even bother to ask her parents about joining the cheerleading team. She thought it was out of the question. Keith would never let her join something so sexually subjective, with little girls shaking their little hips and wearing little skirts while chanting sing songs. Tracy and her friends went to tryouts on that first Saturday in August. 30 other girls were out for the same thing, but only 15 of them could make the squad. I'm saying okay because the girls don't make it sexual. You make it sexual. And your nasty ass friends who were like, ooh, your daughter gonna be cute when she turned 18. They make it sexual. Those are the people you need to watch out for. The kids are just cheerleading. It's just a sport. Tracy worked hard on her chair at the tryouts and stayed to watch the football players while they practiced. She was sure she was going to make the team, and she was right. Jantel had survived the cut with her. The football players were immediately attracted to Tracy, but she had her eyes for the star running back. Steve had the admiration of all the boys on the team, and the coach seemed to brag about him every day. Steve was going to be her next boyfriend. Tracy was sure of it. She began to picture being with him even before the season started. After every touchdown he scored... She would wait on the sidelines and he would wink his eye at her. Then he would buy her a hot dog and soda and let her wear his jersey after the game. Tracy expected to be the most popular girl on the team. She wanted to be the captain of the cheerleading squad too. During the halftime shows, all the parents and spectators would have their eyes glued to her. Once the team started having scrimmages, Tracy asked enough about Steve to find out his age, address, and the school he went to. She was not chosen to be the cheering captain, but that wasn't that important. Steve being her boyfriend was Tracy's priority. Tracy then found out that Treasure, the captain of the cheering team, had already asked Steve for a chance to go with her. Those are old school terms. Or in other words, to be her boyfriend. Steve liked her too, so he told her that he would. Yet Tracy didn't believe that Steve really liked Treasure. He doesn't like her more than he likes me. She just asked him first, Tracy assured herself. Steve scored three touchdowns in their first game, and all the fans were yelling out his name. Tracy was really pressed for him then. Part of her fantasy was coming true. Steve was the star of the team. Tracy waited for him after the game and asked Steve how much he liked Treasure. Steve was pleased that Tracy was interested in him, but he was still loyal to his new girlfriend. He told Tracy that he liked Treasure a lot. Treasure even wore his jersey. Tracy was on regular speaking terms with Steve after the second game. He began to notice Tracy a lot, but he still went with Treasure, or in other words, was still her boyfriend. Tracy began to hit to Steve that she liked his number. Steve would always smile and fall silent instead of responding to her. He realized what Tracy was hinting at. She liked him, and she wanted to wear his jersey instead of Treasure. 
Tracy was slowly but surely wearing Steve down. After their third game, which was played at their home field, Tracy noticed him walking home by himself. Steve's friends remained behind to watch the older boys play. Tracy debated whether she would talk to him or not. It was still early that Saturday afternoon, and his girlfriend, Treasure, was nowhere to be found. Once Tracy decided that she would, she left Jantel and ran off to catch up to him. Hi, Stevie. Are you going home already? She asked him from behind. Steve was as brown as Tracy's brother, Jason, and his low haircut made his perfectly rounded head look like a well-roasted peanut. He held his Wilson helmet in his hand. Yeah, he told Tracy with a smile. Tracy's assertiveness made him seem bashful. Why? she asked him. Because I have a homework assignment to do. I have a science project that I have to turn in on Monday. Oh, Tracy perked, remembering that Steve attended an advanced private school. Yet she failed to believe that he was that dedicated to doing homework on a Saturday. Walk me home, Steve, please, she responded to him. Steve resisted her. Well, I want to finish my project today so I can watch football tomorrow. The Eagles are playing Dallas, he told her. Tracy grabbed onto his arm. Oh, come on, Stevie, please. I don't live that far. Steve let out another bashful smile. Okay. Dag, that was easy, Tracy thought to herself. She had expected to do more begging. Do you still go with Treasure? She asked him as they began to walk. I don't know, Steve answered. Treasure had not been paying her much attention after the second game. She didn't even wear his jersey anymore. Well, do you still like her? Yeah, I guess so. He sounded like he had said it out of obligation. Tracy pressed him, smiling in her blue and gold uniform. Do you like me? Steve grinned and said, yeah. I got him, Tracy told herself. She giggled, filled with self-assurance. He had given her the confidence she needed, and Tracy was set to go for the kill. Let me see your helmet, she said, reaching out for it. Steve gave it to her. Tracy took it and smiled. She then accidentally dropped it on the ground while trying to hold it erect. Steve picked it up and made sure it wasn't broken. Tracy felt embarrassed by her clumsiness. I'm sorry, she told him. Don't worry about that. This is a good helmet, Steve responded. He beat on it with his right hand and said, See? Tracy looked at him with sparkling hazel eyes as the sunlight hit them dead on. Steve shied away to avoid their magnetism. They're 12. Come on. Maybe. They're turning 13. Okay. All right, fine. Tracy could tell that he was nervous. So, are you going to quit treasure and go with me, Stevie? She asked him bluntly. She could tell that Steve was a pushover. He hunched his shoulders, still not looking at Tracy in those scary eyes of hers. I don't care. Well, can I hold your jersey? I'll wash it for you and everything, Tracy told him excitedly. Steve wanted to say no, but he couldn't overcome Tracy's persistence. Yeah, you can hold it, he said reluctantly, but don't mess it up and don't lose it either. He took his blue jersey with gold numbers trimmed in white right off his back. Thank you, Stevie. You so nice, Tracy cheered, pinching his brown cheeks. Steve cracked another smile. Tracy then jumped onto his back, turning him into a horse. Give me a piggyback ride. Okay, he agreed, straining to carry her weight. Let me put my helmet back on first. Okay, I live right up the street, she lied to him. She actually lived two blocks up. Tracy smacked Steve on his helmet as he walked with her on his shoulders about halfway to the corner before putting her back down. Why'd you stop? Because my back is hurting. Oh boy, I thought you was a strong running back, Tracy huffed at him, disappointed. You can't tackle me, Steve said, teasing her. 
Tracy retorted, I don't want to tackle you. She expected for Steve to get angry and stand his ground after a while, but he was already under her spell. Tracy, I have to go home now, okay? He told her once they had reached her house. Tracy rolled her eyes at him. No, I didn't say you could go home yet. See, her mom, Mercedes, I'm just saying. Steve pleaded. I have to, though. I have something to do. Well, go ahead, then. See if I care, boy. Tracy warned him childishly. Tracy was dying for Steve to reject her so she could at least have a challenge. But he simply couldn't. Tracy was too much for him. All right, I'll stay, he whined. Tracy made Steve sit on her steps while they played with her little brother until the sun started to go down. After realizing that her daughter was holding the boy hostage, Patty finally sent Steve home. Tracy then walked into the corner and punched him in the arm. Steve told her he could take it and walked away giggling. Tracy skipped back up the block, pleased with how easy it was to twist Steve around her pinky finger. I can make him do whatever I want, she said to herself with a devilish grin. A black Mustang convertible pulled up to the curb as Tracy walked back to her steps. Out jumped Mercedes. Tracy had not seen Mercedes since she had left home more than two years ago. Look, I'm just going in to see my mother for a few minutes, she said to the young man sitting behind the wheel in sunglasses. All right, I'll be back, he said. He pumped up the volume on his car's radio and speeded up the street. Mercedes walked to the steps and spotted Tracy smiling at her. Hey, girlfriend, how you been doing, she asked. She hugged Tracy and backed away to see how tall she was getting. Damn, you getting big, girl. You're going to be able to hang out with the old head soon. Tracy blushed as she looked Mercedes over. Mercedes wore black designer shoes with a matching pocketbook and a blue leather skirt with a multicolored sweater. Her neck was dripping with gold, and she wore huge gold earrings that shone in the dark. Her hair was fabulous and asymmetric. Mercedes looked gorgeous, like a teenage movie star who had returned for a visit home. Where you get those earrings? Tracy asked her. My boyfriend bought them for me. But how you been, Tracy? Tracy was stunned. She practically forgot everything that she wanted to tell Mercedes. She was too wrapped up in Mercedes' outfit, the car, the boyfriend, and the glamour. That was a decent car he had, she commented, impressed. Mercedes responded with a smile. I know. Ain't that car smooth, girl? Well, look, my old man ain't in the house, is he? No, Mr. Keith works overtime now, just like my father. Good, because I came by to see my mother right quick. Tracy was astounded as she continued to observe. Mercedes entered her house with her old key. Her mother was watching television when she walked in. Hey, Mom, how life been treating you? Mercedes perked. Beth was shocked. Girl, it's about time you came up here to see your mother. It's so doggone far going all the way down South Philly. They hugged each other and took a seat. Mercedes immediately pulled out a pack of Newports from the Gucci purse inside of her pocketbook. She lit one up and started to smoke without even asking her mother if she would mind. Rahima came down from her room, saw Mercedes and frowned. She didn't see what Tracy saw. Rahima's idea of success was totally different. Mercedes was still just a teenager Rahima, a teenager trying to be a grown-up. Mercedes ignored her sister's glare. When you start smoking, Beth asked her. Mercedes lied, like last year sometime. That stuff leads to cancer, her mother told her. She found the smoke from in front of her. Mercedes took another puff. Look, Mom, I ain't come over here to be lectured. Well, leave then. Nobody wants you back here anyway, Rahima shouted at her. She had to back up the stairs and went to her room. She got some nerve, she mumbled to herself as she slammed her bedroom door. She just thinks she could come back here and do what she want. I hate her. She ain't nobody. 
okay, so this author is clearly trying to paint uh, Mercedes to be the bad seed, the bad girl, whatever. First of all, yeah, you don't just come into somebody's house who don't smoke and just pull out a cigarette and start smoking. That's shitty. That's real fucked up. You'll catch hands for that. Like, you ain't just gonna walk in my house and have my house smelling like smoking. I don't even smoke. Uh, but past that, this whole thing is leaning towards her being uh, looked at as a cautionary tale. Um, and I just want y'all to keep in mind that she left because her father is abusive. Physically, emotionally, and mentally abusive. That's the whole reason she left. The reason she walked out that house was completely valid. And watch her get demonized. Now, again, I've read this book before, but I don't remember from right, but I'm pretty sure I am. Watch how they do her. And Rahima's watching her because I guess even though she was just she's just a few years younger than her, she looks at her as her role model, I guess. I don't know how that works. But for you to be like, I hate her and all that kind of stuff, when your dad is doing the same stuff to you, you see it happen all the time. As a matter of fact, in earlier chapters, he messed with Beth and Rahim almost exclusively and left Mercedes alone. So you know what your dad's doing to you. So to say you hate her because she left or because she's doing this stuff, that's not a good look. Mercedes felt slightly annoyed at this. She decided that she would leave sooner than she had expected. Rahim is still acting like a big ass kid, she snapped to herself. She needs to grow the hell up. This is my goddamn life and I'll live the way I want to fucking live. I mean, she's not doing nothing. She moved out. She's a kid. But uh, just watch. Just watch. I already Now I know I'm right because I remember this. This line, this is my goddamn life and I'll live the way I want to fucking live. Keep that in mind. That's all I'm going to say. Where are you going? Beth asks. Her oldest daughter stood up in haste. I'm getting up out of here, mom. I see I'm not welcome anymore. Beth said, well, let me tell you a few things before you leave. Now, you may think you got them streets and all, but that's a life for losers. So please screw your head back on and do the right thing. And what's the right thing, Mom? To move back in here with y'all? Mercedes asked sourly. That's a valid question. Like, you're getting beat. It's not a secret. Your kids were getting beat. Also, not secrets. Why do you want her to move back into that? You know what you could do as a supportive mom who's living in an abusive relationship and realized that your daughter got free of it? Help the nigga out. Give her some cash so that she can get a spot. Get her into school. Actually talk to her instead of telling she's going down the wrong path because she's not living the life you are, which is full of abuse. Her mother was speechless. That's what you need to do, Beth thought to herself. Move back in here with us. But it was no use in trying to advise Mercedes. It would have been a waste of breath. Mercedes walked out the door. The young man wearing sunglasses was parked and drinking a soda. Come on, let's get out of here, she told him. Mercedes threw her head back against a black leather interior. Her friend then revved up his sporty black Mustang. They left listening to Curtis blow as her mother shut the door. Two teenage girls went to sleep that night with different thoughts on Mercedes. To Rahima, her older sister was still a monster. But to Tracy, Mercedes had become a star. Rahima vowed that she would never be anything like her, while Tracy planned to try her best to emulate Mercedes' glamorous style. Did you quit her yet? Tracy asked Steve before practice. Yeah, I told her last night. 
Well, how come you didn't call me? Because you didn't give me your phone number yet. Oh, well, I'll give it to you one day, Tracy said, walking away from him. Did you wash my jersey? Steve asked her, following close behind. Yep, I'm going to work to school tomorrow, she told him. Tracy walked over to where a few of the cheerleaders had gathered and heard Steve's ex-girlfriend, Treasure, talking about her. Tracy thinks she's it, and I didn't want Steve anyway. If you got something to say, then say it to my face, girl, Tracy challenged her. I didn't say nothing to you, Treasure responded, backing down. Yes, you did. I heard you. I'm not deaf. How you gonna sit up here and lie to me? The girls gathered around, expecting a fight. Well, you can have Steve if you want him, because I don't. Steve hunched his shoulders. What did I do? He thought to himself in a panic. Yeah, you just mad because I took him, Tracy commented. Treasure stepped away, still mouthing. Like I said, you can have him. He ain't nobody. The heat cooled off when the cheering coach started them off practicing their drills. Tracy thought about what Treasure said during practice and felt cheated, like she had bought a loaf of stale bread. She debated Treasure's comments. Was Treasure simply jealous, or was Steve just a flunky? Tracy began to mess up her cheers as the other girls snickered at her. They didn't seem to care much she went with the most popular player on the team. Then again, Steve was not popular on the streets like the other boys were. He was only a running back. No one paid any attention to him after the game was over. Everyone would shake Steve's hand and talk about him during the game. But after that, Steve was pretty much a loner. With the confusion over Steve on her mind, practice became much longer and harder for Tracy. After a team meeting, the boys were excused from practice earlier than the cheerleading team. So they all walked over to watch the girls. For the first time that season, Tracy could see who the best looking players were while their helmets were off. Steve was not all that cute compared to some other boys. It was up in the air as to whether or not Tracy should drop him. A lot of players look better than him, she told herself. So you falling in love with people or, or dating people based on their skill and not on how they look. You dating football players based on how well they play. And then when their helmets come off, you're like, oh, he got a peanut head. Oh, he got this. He got that. Nevertheless, Tracy decided to hold on to him for a while. Steve still scored the most touchdowns. Hey, Carmen, that's not the right way to do it, a boy wearing a blocked haircut yelled. Shut up, Amir, Carmen hollered back, smiling at him. I know, he always got something smart to say, Jantel commented. He need to leave people alone, Carmen added. The black-haired boy sucked his teeth and spun around to show him his backside. Y'all can kiss my you get out of here before I tell the coach, the tall cheerleading instructor interjected. Amir curved his mouth after spotting her. Tracy was excited for a second, wondering who he was. Amir looked as if he could be her twin. His skin tone matched hers perfectly. Everything is color. And only the coolest boys wear blocked haircuts. <clears throat> Amir was the middle linebacker on defense, and he made most of the tackles. He had an obvious muscular build. Tracy could tell by his broad shoulders. He could tackle Steve, she thought. She couldn't wait until after practice to ask some more about him. Hey, Jantel, give me the juicy throat on Amir. You know, who does he go with? How old is he? Where does he live? Girl, tell me everything, Tracy piped. Jantel broke into laughter. Uh-uh, girl, you don't want to talk to him. Why not? Because he fresh. He be squeezing on girls' butts and feeling all on him and stuff. That boy is freaky. I wouldn't talk to him, but he talks to Carmen anyway. Does Carmen know that he's nasty? Tracy asked. Yeah, but she don't care. She don't? Nope, Jantel responded. Then she whispered to Tracy, I think she be doing it to him. 
I heard she fresh too. Oh my God, for real? Tracy asked with a grin. Jantel nodded. Yeah, that's what I heard. Tracy went home thinking about Amir. She didn't want to be nasty with him, but she thought about him anyway. Steve had not been Tracy's boyfriend for a week and already she was planning on dumping him. Steve wasn't any fun. Tracy needed to chase just as much as the boys did. It was a game of choosing and chasing and dumping. That's why I got bitches in the game, bitches on the bench. Tracy walked into her house and noticed her little brother smiling at her. Jason stared at her with his dark almond eyes as though Tracy was a ghost. Then he began to laugh. Tracy walked over to him, wondering what was going on. Dave jumped out the closet on her. I got you! Tracy screamed as her father grabbed her from behind. Ow! He let her go and started to laugh for himself. I didn't know I could scare a big old girl like you all that bad. Yeah, Dad, you surprised me, Tracy told him while she caught her breath. Jason dashed and jumped on his father's legs. Daddy! He yelled. Yeah, what's up, little man? He talks a lot now, Tracy said. I know. I talked to him while you were at practice. How's the team turning out? We 3-0, and Dad. Yeah, that's pretty good. Your mother told me you had one of them sitting on the stats for three hours, he said to her. Trace started to giggle, embarrassingly. Oh, Dad, why Mom telling you my business? Because you don't have no business yet, and if you think you got some business, then I plan to stay in your business, Dave told his daughter with a grin. Tracy smiled back at him and decided to tell him her business. Well, that was this running back named Steve. He makes most of the touchdowns. Her father nodded and started to reminisce. Yeah, I remember when I played Little League. I was a middle linebacker, crushing kids. You played on defense, huh, Dad? Tracy asked him, curious. Amir was middle linebacker, too. I know, you just said that like a few paragraphs back. That's crazy. That's right. I like to hit. Them cats on offense were the soft guys. Did you have a girlfriend? Dave smiled with boyish charm. Well, I don't think I want to tell you about that. Tracy laughed, assuming that her father had had plenty. Did the running backs have lots of girls? She asked him. Dave answered, yeah, they had the most. All the girls were into the touchdown thing. They weren't really into the hitting. They all liked the quarterback, too. So what type of girls did you get? Tracy pressed him. Dave smiled again, knowing that he was planting some bad seeds in his daughter's head. I ended up with the girls who ran around chasing boys. Always got them rough tomboy girls. We had a lot of fun, though, he answered her. Your mother was a tomboy. Nigga, you know you're putting bad information into her head. You literally said that, and then you kept going. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't like the fucking guy. I don't like the family. I don't, I don't think I like this book. Like, now that I'm getting older, it's really vapid. It's a really vapid book. Dave left back out that night, as usual, after filling Tracy's head with his memories. Tracy was no tomboy, but she was more aggressive than most girls her age. She never planned on sitting around being prissy and waiting on boys to talk to her. Tracy was a boy chaser indeed. Tracy observed Amir for the rest of that week. It became clear to her that he was known around the neighborhood as a bad kid. He had been run off many neighborhood streets by angry parents. Amir was always into something. Tracy watched Amir making tackles more than she watched Steve run handoffs during their fourth game. It became exciting to hear those hard, cracking hits. Every time Amir would get someone good, the crowd would moan, Whoo! Damn, that boy can hit. Amir knocked two opposing players out of the game. He had done before, yet Tracy had paid the defense little attention before her father's comments. The fans talked about Amir's brutal hits more than the touchdowns that fourth game. 
What a coincidence it was for Steve to be overshadowed right when Tracy was thinking about dropping him for a mirror. After the game, Tracy and Steve went to the movies along with Jantel and a few of Tracy's other girlfriends. She wanted to leave Steve at home, but when Carmen hugged Amir after the game, Tracy decided that it was better to have something than nothing. The movie line at the Cheltenham Twin Theater was long, filled with teens and a few adults. Remember that? When they only had theaters with like two theaters in it? Maybe like one big-ass theater, one small-ass theater? Remember that? No? Okay, cool. Remember the movie theater, period? For all y'all in the future who are watching movies now digitally from your wrist, and it like shines up in a huge beam that just shows a screen in front of you and shit. And y'all got go-go gadget arms and shit, and somebody's already gotten sent to jail because they were so excited about their go-go gadget dick that they showed it off in church. And the pastor shot them with a go-go gadget rifle, and now they're both in jail. Shit got real that day. They all had to wait in line a half hour to see a new Chuck Norris film. Remember waiting in line at the movie theater? Remember there being lines at the movie theater? Remember the movie theater? Remember porn? (laughs) Several boys from other teams were there. They all walked up and shook Steve's hand as they talked about the upcoming games. That cheered Tracy up a bit, but it wasn't enough to keep her satisfied with them. Steve bought her popcorn and found good seats. Keep in mind, these little niggas are 12. They sat quietly as Tracy's girlfriends ran their mouth about who was who and who was cute and who was not while watching boys walking up, down, and through the aisles. Tracy was bored. All she could think about was Amir and Carmen. She didn't ask for some candy. Steve gave her a dollar out of his allowance money to go and get what she wanted from the... I can't even finish that. I'm sorry. I I usually will take out any stutters, stumbles, or anything like that. She wanted some candy. This nigga gave her a dollar to get whatever she wanted from the refreshment stand. Let me tell you something, bitch. Candy nowadays costs like $4.50 at the movie theater. Every movie theater I know has a dollar tree nearby just so they can take the business from the movie theater. And Dollar Tree don't even cost a dollar no more. Dollar Tree costs like a buck 25 and up. I saw something at Dollar General that cost $5 and I wouldn't complain. I snitched. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, how does this shit cost a dollar? Or how does this shit cost $5? And the dude was like, that's a good question. So he went back to try and find the manager. But there was no manager because it was a fucking Dollar General. So he called. Like, he was like, I'm really curious about this. So he called. And what corporate told this nigga was the reason why there was a $5 item at the Dollar Tree is because if it is a premium item, they would sell it for less than what it costs in other stores, but they had to put a premium cost on it. However, everything that wasn't a premium item sold for a dollar. That was Dollar General. It wasn't Dollar Tree. I don't know what they said, Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree uh, ain't got no daddy, and no, they ain't got no daddy. So if you ask to speak to the manager, they'll probably just shoot you in the face. Laugh at you. Tell the manager, nigga, please. A dollar for candy. The fuck out of my face. Popcorn costs like $5.50, but you get a free refill. I don't understand the motherfuckers who buy a medium popcorn. For four fifty, 
and don't get no refill. One of large popcorn costs five fifty, and you get that refill. Same for drinks. Don't make no sense to me. Step your game up. Tracy didn't fake going to the bathroom several times before the movie started to look at other young couples, noticing how happy they seemed. Life seemed dull with Steve. He never gave Tracy any tingles, except for when he scored touchdowns. She was beginning to see that she really didn't like him as a person. Duh. She only wanted to start a football team. A pack of wild, yelling boys stomped to the theater after the preview that started. Tracy noticed a few of them from school. The boys jumped from seat to seat, joking around with each other. Tracy and her girlfriends began to pay them more attention than they did the big screen. They continued to wrestle each other right until a few angry parents cussed them out. Hey, Amir, give me some popcorn while you're up there, one of the boys yelled. Tracy couldn't believe her ears. She watched a shadowy figure walk up the aisle. He was the right size and height, wearing a baseball cap. Oh my God, he's here, Tracy thought excitedly. I'm going to get me a hot dog, she told Steve. Yeah, I bet. Chantel commented with a laugh. Crowds of people packed the refreshment lines, all hurrying to be served before the film started. Tracy eyed Amir's broad back, with three people separating them. She slowly walked nearby and showed herself off like a young model, hoping that Amir would notice her tight yellow sweater and Sergio blue jeans. Twelve, maybe thirteen. Dag, this line is all long, she said to no one in particular. She was begging for Amir to respond to her. Amir smiled at her. You have to go to the end of the line like everybody else, he said. Then he began to laugh. Shut up, boy, Tracy snapped at him, holding his name at the tip of her tongue. Amir let her get in front of him as the line moved. When it stopped, he leaned against her butt. Tracy felt him and wondered if he did that on purpose. The line moved again. Tracy was reluctant to move with it, not wanting to move away from him. Amir then pushed her ahead. What's your name? He finally asked her. Tracy, she said without turning to face him. Where you live? Right around the corner from you, she lied. Tracy thought that he would be shocked by this. How you know where I live, he asked her instead. Because I seen you around, she responded, still moving forward. Well, how come you never said nothing to me? I don't know. So you gonna be out tonight, he asked her. If it ain't too cold, Tracy answered. I'm on your cheerleading team, she finally revealed to him. It was eating her up inside that he didn't know who she was. You don't know my name. It's not the first song that popped into my head. You might be surprised. You might be surprised. Actually, I'm going to read that again, and you can see if you knew what song popped into my head first. I'm on your cheerleading team, she finally revealed to him. It was eating her up inside that he didn't know who she was. I'm going to be quiet like Dora the Explorer. It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you. Why that's connected? I don't know. I don't care. Porn. Wow, tell me something I didn't know, he said to her with a grin. Tracy laughed softly, relieved the mirror noticed her. How you know, she quizzed him. You hang out with Jantel and that girl Rahima. Tracy sucked her teeth at hearing her next door neighbor's name. How you know her? She asked with a grimace. Never trust a player hater. Who? Amir said, making Tracy have to say it. She sighed and said, Rahima. Oh, my friend was trying to talk to her. I saw y'all hanging out in the mall before. Oh, do you think she's pretty? Tracy just had to ask. Yeah, she's all right, Amir told her. They both seemed to forget about the movie. 
They stood inside the lobby and talked even after they had been served. Amir asked, why? Are you jealous of her? No, I ain't jealous of her. Tracy responded radically. Yes, you are, Amir rebutted. But I like you more than her. He ran his hands over Tracy's neck and shoulders and then through her hair. It gave her a chill. Tracy wanted more, but then Amir left her abruptly. Chuck Norris was in action. Never seen a Chuck Norris movie. Not really worrying about it. No, I take that back. I saw him get his ass whooped by Bruce Lee. Yeah, white boy is like Godzilla, but my super nigga named King Kong beat his ass like ping pong. So motherfucker, get the ding dong! That's Gorillas in the Mist. It's older than this book. Tracy followed him back inside the theater and returned to her seat with a bag of candy. That sure was a long trip to get a hot dog, Tracy, Jantel joked. Her friends broke into laughter. Yeah, what took you so long, Steve asked Tracy. The line was long, she said with an attitude. Oh, Steve said. He quickly dismissed it. Tracy was angry at how gullible he was for believing her. It was a waste of time to go to the movies with him. He is so boring, she thought to herself. All he wants to do is give me money for food and watch the movie. He don't want no drama. He's just agreeable. Like he has a family life where they talk about stuff and really just communicate. So they don't get mad over small things. That's fucking weird. I need drama like my mom and my dad have. Or my dad gets my mom pregnant but still lives in an apartment up the street and never comes home. But when he comes home, it's when she's not there. That's what I need. I need somebody like that. Tracy was glad to get back home from the movies with Steve. When she arrived home, she found Rahima sitting out on her front steps. What are you doing here? She asked, hoping that Rahima was leaving soon. Rahima had definitely become a rival to Tracy. I have to spend the night over at your house because my parents are going out all night, she answered. Rahima was not pleased with the idea of having to be babysat any more than Tracy wanted her over there. Tracy saw it as an opportunity to settle their differences. She wanted to get to the bottom of things with her neighbor. Rahima was rejecting some top quality boys for no good reason. Tracy asked, do you know some boys named Amir and Todd? Yeah, that boy named Todd wanted to talk to me, Rahima said, not at all excited about it. He used to try and wait for me whenever I came home from school. I don't know why. I kept telling him I didn't want any boyfriends. What's he look like? Rahima gave Tracy a good looking over. He's a little lighter than you and shorter than you, she said. Tracy was taller than Rahima by at least three inches. You didn't like him, she asked. He's all right. So didn't you want to talk to him? I did talk to him. I told him I didn't want a boyfriend. Tracy sucked her teeth. Girl, what is wrong with you? How come you get all the boys? If she get all the boys, it don't sound like anything's wrong with her in your book. What? And how are you clearing the air when the only thing you asking her about is why she turned down boys who won't talk to your ass? Rahima smiled. Tracy was really pissed off about the attraction the boys seemed to have towards her. I don't know, Rahima responded to her. I don't even pay him no mind. They walked inside the house. You don't like boys at all, do you? Tracy asked. I like your little brother. Jason doesn't want anything from me like the other ones do. Tracy sat down on the couch. What are you talking about? Boys only want one thing, Rahima said, still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still standing. And what's that? You know what I'm talking about, she answered, feeling embarrassed that she was asked to say it. Well, you probably never going to have a boyfriend then. 
Tracy, like I said, I don't want any boyfriends. I don't want to be used. Why are you thinking that? I'm not used. I don't give them nothing, Tracy bragged. They quieted down a bit once I heard Patty walking around upstairs and approaching the steps. Well, how you two doing? Patty asked him. Okay, they mumbled in unison. Patty looked at him suspiciously and mumbled, Mm-hmm, y'all down here gossiping. Well, when you want some real answers about the dating thing, you just let me know. I can tell you two a lot of things about what not to do. But other than that, you on your own because these damn men are definitely trifling. She told him before heading inside the kitchen to get herself some ice cream. Damn selfish fool gonna tell me things are fine the way they are. She continued to mumble to herself from the kitchen. Like I said, Steve got a good house. Steve live at home with both parents. And Steve's parents have a real good marriage. Rahima and Tracy began to smile at each other, but Tracy was a little embarrassed. She knew who her mother was talking about, and she was sure Rahima was smart enough to figure things out. It's not rocket science, Tracy. They continued to sit, silently, until Tracy's mother had passed him again. Patty then reached the top of the stairs and told them, Y'all can go on back to your boy talk now. Tracy and Rahima smiled at each other again. Are you ever going to get married? Tracy asked Rahima. Rahima looked at her incredulously. What? How do you go from boyfriend to getting married? Just answer the question, Tracy snapped. Rahima took a deep breath and shrugged her shoulders. I don't know. Also, I'm dying of curiosity. They ain't said nothing yet, but her daddy name is Keith. Her mama named Beth. How is her name Rahima? I'm saying, yeah, you can name your kid Rahima if you want to. That's cool. You know, do what you do. But... Rahima is usually an offspring of the name Rahim. So I'm just curious. Tracy looked over Rahima's light skin and long, dark brown hair. She had given up on trying to figure her out. What'd you do today? She asked, changing the subject. I did my homework and watched TV. Tracy frowned. That's all you did today? Yeah, why? Aren't you bored with your life or something? God. Rahima shrunched her shoulders. No, not really. I mean, sometimes I get bored, but everyone gets bored once in a while. Yeah, but at least we do more than you, Tracy told her, standing up. Tracy went up the stairs, pondering how dull Rahima's life seemed. They ended up playing board games while discussing their future until 3.30 in the morning. They both slept hard that night with the future on their minds. Rahima wanted to become a successful doctor or lawyer and live in a big white house. She still didn't know if she would marry or not, but if she did, she would not hesitate to divorce any man who would use or abuse her. She would wait her entire life for a loving, respectable husband if she had to do so. So, again, product of her environment. Because her dad has her, it, her, her dad has their household in a chokehold uh, through abuse. Again, physical, mental, emotional. She's like, I don't want a boyfriend. Because a boyfriend... Or a man brings nothing to her family except for pain and suffering. So why she's mad at Mercedes, it makes no sense to me because she recognizes the sign. She sees what's going on. I don't know. Tracy wanted a house full of kids and a fun-loving husband who would fulfill all her dreams. Her husband had to be exciting, generous, and full of surprises. Tracy didn't care what her occupation would be. As long as she had a handsome husband who met all her criteria with money to boot, she'll be happy. 
As long as we're not poor, she had told Rahima. They awoke late Sunday morning and watched the Eagles play the Giants. Rahima didn't show any interest in football. She ate sandwiches and talked about her teachers. Ever since Mercedes had left the house, Rahima had received nothing but A's in all of her classes. Mercedes leaving seemed to be an inspiration point for Rahima to do the best she could in school. Keith praised her and put her older sister down the same sentence. Rahima studied in the way a small girl is supposed to study. Not like that crazy sister of hers. I can't even remember her name, he would comment with a laugh. But he really did miss his first daughter. He couldn't get Mercedes off his mind. Whenever his friends came over, he would tell them the same story how Mercedes was this darling girl who had turned rotten on him and how Rahima had turned out to be the good girl. The Jekyll and Hyde sisters, he called them. Tracy, on the other hand, had gotten A's and B's and had never missed a day in school except for when she was suspended for fighting. Neither Patty nor Dave worried about Tracy's schoolwork. They continued to treat her like a little woman. Patty let Tracy do almost anything she wanted. Tracy's not a bad girl, she thought. She knows what to do and not to do. I trust her. And her father trusted her as well. Tracy had had a good behavior record. Steve heard about Tracy talking to Amir in the lobby at the movies during practice that week. Amir hung out with a rough crowd. Steve was intimidated by him, so he didn't want any hearsay going around. He decided to keep the fact that he knew to himself, but he surely didn't trust Tracy anymore. It was an unusually hot day for October. Everyone seemed to be at the playground where they practiced. Tracy watched out the corner of a ride and noticed if Amir's friend Todd was there. Tracy was curious to see what he looked like. After practice, Tracy taught Jan telling to follow Amir home with her. She was scared to say anything to him with his buddy still around. Amir spotted them and refused to speak. Tracy sneered at him. Oh, you don't know me now. Nope, he told her, laughing with his friends. Tracy smiled at his sarcasm. Come here for a minute, Amir. Hold up, y'all. Let me see what she wants. Yo, we'll get back with you then, his friends told him. Amir walked over to Tracy, close up and with his hat off. Tracy noticed that his block-shaped hair had dents in it from wearing his helmet. And unlike Steve, Amir didn't shy away from her hazel eyes. Tracy asked him carefully, Why don't you walk me home? Amir shook his dented head. Nah, because I'm about to do something. Come on, Amir. Please, she begged him. Amir began to laugh at her, unmoved by her pleading. His friends then yelled from down the street, Yo, Amir, we about to have water balloon fights. Oh, bet, he hollered back, immediately taking off to go and join them. Dag, I had him, Tracy thought. Let's go around there, she said to Jantel. All right. They ran two blocks up and watched the boys as they chased each other like buffoons, screaming and hurling water balloons. Amir then threw one at Tracy. She got hit before she had a chance to duck. Water splashed all over her clothes and hair. One of his friends followed his lead and bombed away at Jantel. The girls quickly became target practice. After getting splashed a few more times, Jantel started to cry, but Tracy was still having fun. An angry parent roared from his patio. Amir, leave them damn girls alone. Tracy and Jantel headed on their way back home. Tracy asked, what you start crying for? Jantel whined, they hit me in my eye. Yo, Tracy, hold up. Amir shouted from down the block to him. Tracy yelled and waited for him at the corner. Jantel marched home while rubbing her left eye. Once he had caught up, Amir walked home with Tracy. Why'd she start crying? Because one of y'all hit her in her eye? Well, you about to go on the house, Amir asked. Tracy smiled, anticipating something juicy.
I don't know. Why? She quizzed him. Once they had reached Tracy's house, Amir sat on her steps and looked up at the moon. Cuz, he told her, hinting at companionship. Tracy grinned and sat down beside him. You got me all wet, she complained, feeling a cool draft. Amir said, come here, let me see how wet you are. He sat Tracy right down his thigh pad. Dig it, you are wet. Shut up, boy, she teased. Amir looked at her lips. Tracy could sense what he was thinking. He then wrapped his hands around her waist before she had a chance to respond and kissed her. Tracy couldn't resist him. Amir's arms were pretty strong, and Tracy began to like how tightly he held her. Amir suddenly backed away. What'd you stop for? Tracy asked him curiously. She looked up at her house, and then next door to make sure nobody saw him. She then hopped off Amir's lap in a panic. Oh my god, what am I doing? She asked herself. I could have gotten busted right in front of my house. Cuz, Amir said again. Tracy hopped down a few steps to distance herself from him. Cuz what? Amir paused. You want to come over to my house on Monday? I don't care, Tracy said without thinking. She simply went with the feeling, and the feeling from Amir was good. Amir grinned, surprised that she had agreed. How old are you? Thirteen. Why? Oh, I was just asking. So you come to my house, Monday, after school, right? He asked again, just to make sure. I, Tracy chirped, still filled with sneaky excitement. She then got up to go inside the house as Amir took off running, carrying a big smile on his face. Tracy thought about the next thing that comes after kissing that night. It tickled her stomach to think about the possibility of doing it. I don't know, she told herself. I don't know if I want to. Tracy bragged about her football team's record at school. They were still undefeated and on their way to a sure championship. Students wore jerseys from other teams and argued with her up and down the halls in between their classes. Tracy forgotten all about going to Amir's house. She wasn't ready to go past kissing yet. She had hardly done that. Amir had been the first and only boy Tracy had kissed since Aaron Barnes, at least five boyfriends ago. Having a boyfriend was like watching television to Tracy. She didn't have to get too involved. She could just change the channel and watch something new. Tracy came across three girls inside the lunchroom. They had some interesting gossip to nose in on. I know, he nasty. He only wants you for one thing, a slim brown girl was saying. Yep, and that's why I don't talk to him no more, a darker brown girl responded. But Todd is cute, though, isn't he? A lemon-skinned girl interjected. How are you lemon-skinned, nigga? You got jaundice? The fuck is lemon-skinned? What the fuck? I'm looking at a color that is lemon yellow right now. If you are lemon-skinned, you need assistance. You need to call somebody and sue because you drank something in Flint, Michigan. Lemon yellow skin. Like, nigga, you could have just called her light-skinned or high yellow or anything else, but lemon-colored? Come on, my guy. Yeah, but forget Amir. Bunk him, y'all, because he just a user. The shock was enough to ruin Tracy's day. Rahima was right. It came back to Tracy that she was supposed to go over to Amir's house after school. I'm not going to that boy's house, she thought. He ain't getting none from me. That boy think I'm stupid. He out here trying to get everybody. Psh, shoot, psh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Once you start doing it, it's really hard to stop. You always got to get that last shoot in there. And then once you say shoot, you got to get the psh in there. Shoot, see? Psh, shoot. Hey, girl, what's up? Amir called as soon as Tracy stepped out of her building. 
Several football players from her school shook his hand. Tracy wasn't impressed. She kept pacing by, ignoring him. Where are you going? He asked her. I'm going home. I thought you said you was going to come over today. Did you get out of school early? Tracy asked, avoiding his question. Yeah, we get out earlier than y'all every day. I'm in high school. You're in high school? You're in high school? The fuck are you doing on a 13-year-old football team? What? Are you, what? Did you reclass? What? What are we doing? What are you doing playing with junior high schoolers? Yeah, you're getting big hits in. Nigga, you're older than them. Also, what grade is she in? At this juncture, she's 13, so she got to be in 8th grade, right? I'm hoping, I'm thinking based on numbers, which means if he's on the same team as her, maybe he's just on the older end of 13, and so he's in ninth grade. Maybe. Give him the benefit of the doubt, because they don't explain shit. Just all of a sudden, this nigga's in high school. Hanging out with all the little kids. And while I'm talking about that, I just want to remind y'all that Snoop Dogg said, in the song, Only in California... Riding, I glide, hitting on the switches, hanging at the high school, getting at them young bitches. Y'all go ahead and sit on that for a second. Tracy frowned at him. You don't trust me or something? I said I was going to come. Oh, I'm supposed to trust you so you can sell me out? Amir retorted. You can't take my word for it? Tracy asked him. Amir shook his block-shaped head. Nope. Well, you can go find yourself someone else then, Trace responded at him, walking away. I mean, you weren't going to his house. It ain't like he's wrong. You were planning on curving him. Amir went back to his friends. Yo, what happened, man? Fuck that girl, cuz, he answered sourly. She ain't nothing. Bet. Here comes Carmen. Carmen walked out from the building, switching her young, firm hips and wearing a bright red jacket. She stood out from everyone, and her soft brown skin smelled of cocoa butter. Amira waited for her to walk near him. Carmen tried not to notice. Amira stepped in her way. Where are you going? I'm going home, Carmen responded nervously. No, you ain't. You going with me, he told her, snatching her by the hand. Carmen asked, where are we going? We going to my boy's crib. Why, you don't want to go with me? He snapped, letting go of her hand momentarily. I didn't say that. Well, shut up and come on then. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. No, that's not that's not the business. Literally, her nervousness and her like just her body language being even reading it as body language clearly states that something really bad's about to happen to Carmen with him and his friends. And I just want to warn y'all because I don't remember all this book. I just remember bits and pieces of it. But I want to warn y'all that in the 90s. Books wrote a lot about trains being ran on people. And they did not give a fuck. So the next book or the next chapter might have some graphic language, but fuck it. Y'all are listening to this shit because you already went past a disclaimer. So it is what it is. 916-633-1537. Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser. Copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts. And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. 
you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the good pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'ma holler at you later. Peace. Outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast.